Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos, so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. The Weekly Transit. Hello, Scott. Hi, Ingrid. What's happening? Oh, what is happening? Yes, settling in. Settling into the the new home life. Yeah, same. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Like, you and I are both living in new places now. Yeah. At the same time. (laughs) We didn't even, like, plan that to happen. It just happened. Like, we both moved into our new places on July 1st, basically. Yeah. So, same time. And so I'm just settling in and getting used to the new vibe and... You're creating a whole new office space over there for doing your readings. Yep, exactly. But it feels good because I don't feel like I'm in between two places. Yeah, you're doing a lot of commuting. Yeah, I felt like I was straddling one foot, one place, another foot, another place. And now you're closer to me too. I'm closer to you. So I'm just going to save all kinds of time on the commutes. Oh my gosh, so much time. Yeah, it's like 10 minutes to you now instead of 30 minutes. Oh my God. So that's 20 minutes round trip instead of an hour. Yeah, that's a big difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. Especially in LA, it's like just the car rides here are just very intense. Yeah, and now that like traffic is back full force, it is intense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really excited for this new chapter. I'm excited to have you over. I haven't had you to my new spot yet. I know. I know. I'm excited to check it out. I love the photos. It looks cool. Like you look like you've been living there for years already. <laughs> everything's like settled in. Yeah, everything's it's like in its place. The first night we were there, I already had like a little party. There's like art on the walls. Like everything is unpacked. Everyone's like, "Oh, how long have you been here?" I'm like, "I don't know, twelve minutes." <laughs> <laughs> I know. It looks like you've been there for a long time. It it kind of feels like I've been there for a long time. Like yeah. Me and Crystal were sitting and just having a drink and she's like, I feel like you've just always lived here. Like, wow. It feels what a so, trip. so, um, yeah, comfortable. It doesn't really feel new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the neighbors there are so sweet. There's like a nice little community over there. Mm. And so that was also really special just to meet all the neighbors and have them be just really amazing and just such a warm welcome. That's so huge. So you like the people that you're living around. Yes. I love them. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm excited for you. And I just think it's so great, you know, like, like we're literally riding the planetary waves because, you know, we did this when the sun was in cancer, Yeah, the which home. is the home. Exactly. I felt like we were both supported. Don't you feel that way? Oh my gosh. So supported. Like I had a couple of really sad moments while I was moving, just very emotional, leaving, living with, I mean, the community, but especially Chris, we've lived together for like, I think like 10 years or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just really hard. And like, number one, Chris was super, super supportive. So that was Hmm. really special experience to have him just really show up for me when I was feeling like, I know he was feeling sad about it, but I was feeling like extra Mm -hmm. and just helping me pack and move and unpack and just felt very organic. Like we love creating spaces together and yeah, he was just really there for me. And then when I show up, there's like, my friends were there, the neighbors were there. I was just like, oh, this feels 
all so positive. Everything just felt not sad. I'm just really tired of being sad. Mm -hmm. And this feels like a new chapter where I can like let go of a lot of this like grief and in between, like I'm really starting a new chapter and letting go of this old chapter that's been like really heavy for me. I'm so happy for you, Ingrid. Happy for you. And, you know, and it's okay to feel those emotions because the sun is in cancer and it's ruled by the moon and the moon is the emotions. So yes, it's the home, you know, I'm not glad that you were sad, but I'm glad that you were fully embracing what you were feeling because when you do that and you embrace your emotions, you're moving the energy. Yeah, I've been trying not to, I mean, I still like to drink here and there, but in the past year I had been using drinking for sure as a, as like a crutch to escape the discomfort that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's never really been a thing for me. I've always kind of been the opposite when I'm going through something emotional. I specifically don't drink. And so I feel like that feeling is coming back where the emotions are still really deep, but I don't feel the need to escape them. I have like, I'm feeling like everything is happening for a reason. I can like sit with the discomfort and let it move me in a positive direction and, and not feel so overwhelmed by it. Yeah. I mean, I think this podcast in particular helps me so much just process things and Hmm. astrology really helps give you the why behind why all these fucked up things are happening that are so uncomfortable, like really sitting in the discomfort and learning the lesson. Yes. Otherwise you can really just feel overwhelmed and be like, I need, I need to get this out of my body. I don't want to feel it anymore. I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to drink. I'm going to, you know, be my workaholic self and like not feel anything. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you living by yourself is going to help you come back to yourself a little bit, you know, which I think is important for you, your North Node in Aries. It's about the self, you know, living with four other people as a Cancer Moon is a lot. It's an energetic strain, you know, not that anyone is trying to strain your energy, but you're, you're very sensitive. And so, in order to cover up that sensitivity, you're using the alcohol to insulate yourself. Yeah. I'm very sensitive to my environment. So it's like whenever there's something energetically off, or even if it's like too much excitement or whatever the thing is, there's that aspect. But also, I don't know if it's maybe my like um, Gemini rising, but I also get very distracted. And, <laughs> yes. Gemini rising. That's you know, it. there's just people everywhere all the time. So you get into a conversation or then you're like making dinner for somebody or helping them with their project. And I feel like I just want to collect my energy back to myself. And I think really the only way for me to do that is to be alone. I'm not good at being in other people's spaces and being very separate than them. It's mm-hmm. so hard for me to unplug, especially when they're people that are close to me. I get wrapped up in their their creative projects and their like meal planning and like just whatever the thing, anything that could possibly happen, I get pulled in a lot of directions. So yes. I think that will be also really good for me. Yep. Good. I'm glad. Shall we step into this week? Yeah, I want to know what's happening. Okay. It's July 12th to the 18th. And on Monday, July 12th, we're looking at Mercury, the planet of communication and the conscious mind yes yes mercury last week moved into cancer and so that's where it is today and it aligns with jupiter the planet of luck and expansion yes in pisces 
which is the sign that Jupiter rules along with Neptune. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Jupiter rules two signs. It rules Sagittarius and Pisces. The thing is, is a few signs, uh, Scorpio, Pisces, and Aquarius have two planetary rulers. The reason is, is the second planetary ruler was tacked on when those planets were discovered. Because prior to the invention of a telescope, as far as we knew on planet Earth, the furthest planet, the edge of the solar system, was Saturn. Oh. So you have 12 signs, seven heavenly bodies, the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, that's seven, 12 signs. Oh, and you are splitting. Five of the seven rule two signs. Okay. The sun and the moon only rule one sign, but Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn all rule two signs. And Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars all share one of those signs with another planet. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I didn't lose you there? No, you, I got you. I okay, got you. cool. So the planet of the conscious mind in communication, Mercury in Cancer, the sign that represents your roots is connecting to Jupiter, the planet of expansion in Pisces, the sign that represents the unconscious. So this Cancer energy Mercury moving into Cancer, it's about bringing your conscious mind to your past, your upbringing, your childhood, the ones who raised and nurtured you, the ones who raised and nurtured the ones who raised and nurtured you, the ones who raised and nurtured the ones who raised and nurtured the ones who raised and nurtured you. (laughs) All the way down the line. All the way down the line. Generational. Generational, yes. And so, how have your ancestors influence your unconscious and conscious mind. That's what we're looking for here. Take a look at your unconscious or how you operate in your unconscious, your psychological baggage. You know, I'll I'll give you an example. I'm a descendant of an Armenian genocide survivor. And the people that lived through this genocide, a lot of them starved. And so there's this fear of not having enough food or enough of anything. And so that has been seeped into my unconscious. Is it also in your conscious, you think? Or you see it manifest itself in certain ways in your life? Yeah, I do. I do see it manifest in certain ways. Where it's like eating every bit of food, like never throwing out food, you know, that sort of thing. Getting upset when like food goes bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, how could we allow that to happen? You yeah. know, and I'm not saying like you should, but there's like a real sort of anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and whenever I'm with family, it's just eating and eating and eating <laughs> and eating and eating and eating all the time. Interesting. There's so much food, and it's like you have to keep eating. Why aren't you eating? Why are you eating? How come <laughs> you're looking too thin? How come, are you not eating? I would get that from family members. Interesting. Yeah. I do hear in other families about the the wanting everyone to eat all the time. Like there's a lot of food in my family, but there's not really a pressure to it. Mm-hmm. But 
I think in a lot of cultures, it's like really ingrained. Like I think in like Korean culture also, it's like they want to always make sure you're eating and like, why didn't you eat? And like, why can't I feed you? And Mm -hmm. yeah. Wait, are you Korean? No, I don't know. I just have a friend who (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm extra white. (laughs) No, I'm actually like, I mean, I guess culturally mostly like Italian, but I'm Italian, Norwegian and French. Mm, Okay. Yeah. When I would go over to my grandma's house or my aunt's house, like my grandma's sister, there was always like something coming out of the oven and it's like, eat, 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 eat. Why aren't you eating? It's like a pressure. So. So does this have anything to do with the cleanse you're going to be doing? No. Do you think that that might clear out some of your psychological baggage attached to this doing cleanses? And that's, you know, that's a good thing to do. You know, the cancer rules the stomach. It rules the breasts and the stomach because it's the sign of nurturing. And those are areas of the body that nurture. I'm doing the cleanse just because I feel like I needed like a tune-up. It's been, last time I did a cleanse was last August. So it's been almost a year. And so I just like to do a tune-up, so to speak. I don't really do tune-ups very often. I try to be balanced, but... This is like the least I've ever cooked is in the last month, probably just all of the transition totally. and everything. But I want to contact Scott's getting this like medical medium who's organizing kind of the dietary guidelines for what this cleanse is. It's like very personal to each person. So I'm going to contact them and yeah. see what they have to say for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to hear what she says to you. Me too. So it's a good week for a tune up. Focusing on how your roots influence your, your mind And I guess your stomach too. That all reflects in how we're nurturing ourselves. Yes. And that has to do with what we're, what we're eating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The unconscious, the mind and your stomach, the gut, the gut, the mind and the unconscious. That's what we're working on on Monday. Tuesday, July 13th, we're looking at Venus, the goddess of love and Mars, the god of war. Uh-oh. Form a conjunction. Uh-oh. <laughs> in Leo. The sign that rules the heart. Yes. Yes. The sign of sovereignty that rules the heart. So Mars and, and Venus have been together in Leo for some time for the last few weeks, and Venus has been catching up to Mars. So Venus moves through the zodiac once a year. Mars moves through the zodiac twice a year. So this is that time of the year where Venus is lapping Mars. So it's moving past Mars. So Mars in Leo is about acting from a place of sovereignty. Venus in Leo is embracing your sovereignty in your close personal relationships. And someone asked me recently, well, what's sovereignty? Sovereignty, it's like the queen or the king. It's the supreme ruler. You think of Leo, it's the lion. The lion's the king of the jungle. The lion doesn't answer to anyone. So each of us as divine, unique human beings needs to embrace our personal sovereignty. And so with Venus and Mars together in Leo, you want to ask yourself, how can I embrace my sovereignty and act with sovereignty in my close personal relationships. I think that the way that you get there is by collecting your energy back to yourself and being sure 
of the things that you want so you can express them to the people around you. You're not coming from a place of like a panic or like a lack or like a uncertainty. Um, you feel confident in how you express yourself to the people around you. And that's when you get the response you're looking for. When you can really tap into your sovereignty, it makes it easy to communicate and people will respect you and respond accordingly. It's not coming from like an arrogance or like a cockiness. Yeah. Yeah. Like an arrogance. Arrogance. Yeah. Arrogance is a great word. So yeah. when you're feeling in balance with what you want to express, it comes off in a way that people can receive it well. Exactly. You said it at the top. Leo rules the heart. So if you are acting from your heart center, then you are acting from a place of confidence. Yeah. Self-confidence is rooted in love. The heart is where you love someone from your heart. And then confidence is like the opposite of arrogance, really. It's it like, is. It's like that same field, but in the way that feels like more grounded. Arrogance is like the shadow side of confidence. Yeah, it's like a false sense of confidence. It's exactly. Exactly. Arrogance comes from fear. Confidence comes from love. So love on Tuesday. Now we're on Woden, which Wednesday. is Wednesday. Yes. Which is Mercury's day. But we're not talking about Mercury today, but we are talking about a sign that is ruled by Mercury, Virgo, the sign you know very well, Ingrid. Yeah, that's my sun sign. Yes. Does that also rule Gemini? Mercury rules Gemini. Gemini and Virgo. And Virgo. So remember, five of the seven heavenly bodies rule two signs of the zodiac. Which two of those are in my primal triad. Yes. That's why Mercury is your ruling planet, because it rules your sun sign, Virgo, and it rules your rising sign, Gemini. So the moon, the planet of emotions, is in Virgo, and it's opposing Neptune. The cloudy planet. The cloudy planet. The planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition. In Pisces, the sign that it rules, along with Jupiter. So Jupiter and Neptune are both in Pisces, and they're both the planetary ruler of Pisces. I feel like this could be a confusing time for like communicating your emotions or like figuring out what is kind of in the unconscious and just like, yeah, I guess emotions, the unconscious versus the conscious. Like, how are you sorting out your emotions? It feels like maybe an uncomfortable time. Maybe there could be some challenges here because it's like the moon in Virgo is very analytical. It's the perfectionist. Virgo's the virgin. The virgin represents perfection. So it's all about the details. So there could be a criticalness to the emotions, while at the same time opposing Neptune, which is about compassion. Pisces, where Neptune is, is ruled by the fish. The fish are about intuition, feeling what's in the water, knowing that it needs to swim upstream to spawn. So, so maybe being. So being less analytical and just tuning into maybe like the healing and the intuition and like letting your emotions flow, not trying to analyze them so much could be. Or maybe analyzing your emotions, but instead of criticizing yourself for what you find, showing yourself compassion. Mm, okay. I like that. Yeah. If we can learn to objective about our emotions, sometimes we let our emotions rule everything like they are a fact when really they're they're also fleeting. So if we can kind of like step back and just 
see them for what they are and let them pass and that we can analyze them without like being so attached to the emotion. The more I think that emotion will pass, whatever the intensity of the emotion is, it will like take the charge out of it when you just allow it to be felt into and to like let it go mm-hmm. instead of letting it go into like a full spiral of like you're analyzing it and you're just like obsessively analyzing it and getting hard on yourself. It's like you witness it and then you let it just let it be. Yes. Yes. I think that also takes some of the power out of some really charged emotions when you can just recognize that they're happening and not be like in the center of it. Yes. I love that. Thank you, Ingrid. Mm -hmm. Thursday, July 15th. We're looking at the sun, the giver of light, life and vitality, which is in cancer, the sign of the emotions. And it is aligning with Neptune. So this is one of those things where it's like, I see the planets like working together because on Monday we had Mercury, the planet of the conscious mind, connecting from Cancer with Jupiter, the planet of expansion in Pisces. And now we have the sun, the giver of light, life and vitality in Cancer connecting to Neptune in Pisces. So it's like two different planets connecting to each other from the two same signs. So it's like kind of like a redundancy of working like that certain area and that certain area is your roots, your home life. What are you feeling right now? Really tap into your emotions. What are you feeling? And when was the last time you felt this way? Like what does it remind you of from your past? Yes. Okay. And go back to when was the first time you felt this way? And if you can get back to the first time you felt this way or the first time you remember feeling this way, that will help you heal the root. That PTSD therapy I always talk about, Mm -hmm. that's like a big part of it is just exactly this. You pinpoint an emotion and then you're supposed to go back in your memory and think of all the times that you felt that same emotion and that helps to release it. So then in this present moment, you're not charged on all these other occasions when you start healing those wounds that you got from your childhood, the triggers become softened. Yes. I love it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Because we get put on like autopilot, yeah. you know, where it's like one thing happens to you that was traumatic, that made you feel awful when you were like five. And then you just play that over and over and over and over again through all these different experiences in your life. Yeah. You have a reaction based on your past. You're Mm -hmm. not really consciously choosing it. It just happens to you. It happens to all of us. Yes. Until we learn how to unpack the baggage, we can start deciding how we want to react. Yes, exactly. And this is also, Neptune is very healing. It is. So this is a healing alignment right here. This is an opportunity to heal your roots, heal your ancestral line. You know, because when you can go back to that first time you felt that way, that first feeling probably came from an interaction with the one or the ones who nurtured you. Yeah. And so when you can think about that interaction and then you think about that person that you interacted with, probably your mother or father, you can tap into their energy and where were they coming from in that moment? What was their experience in life at that moment that maybe they were around the same age that you are now? Or maybe they're even younger than you are now. And Probably. Then, yeah. And then thinking about what it was like for them when they were little 
like you when they were five? And who was the person that they were dealing with? And how does that get trickled down through the generations? Okay, I have an example that just came up for me. Yes, tell me. So I have this memory of being in like, I think fifth grade. And I had some sort of like play or something like this. We had traveled to another city and my parents would always be late to everything, like just constantly late. And I don't, I don't think I ever asked them, but I'm pretty sure they missed my performance because they were late. Wow. Which seems insane. Cause we like traveled and there's just this whole thing just to be at this, this event. And wait, this was out of town or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like we and all traveled a, there together, but somehow and it was a play. Yeah, it was like a performance type of thing. You'd gone out of town with your parents and like they dropped you off at the theater and then went back to the hotel or something. Yeah, I was younger, so I don't know. They were just doesn't I don't even know how they're always late to something. Yeah. But I have this trigger of this like fear of people not showing up for something and it feeling really embarrassing. Mm. Which I've addressed in the last maybe like two years where I've stopped caring or stopped worrying about if someone doesn't show up, it really doesn't mean anything. Like, what if I have a party and then nobody shows up and then I feel stupid? Hmm. Like nobody likes me or, you know, some, some story like that. And then I started having like events and barbecues with friends and it just never really happens. And also it doesn't matter if anyone shows up, whoever shows up, then that's exciting and amazing. It doesn't say anything that people are busy or they forgot or whatever the, the story is. Yeah. But I think that that is my first memory of feeling like they like forgot about me or they didn't care or something like this that feels very like sad that they missed my performance. But thinking back to like, what were my parents experiencing? They were probably like 27 or maybe 30 and they had just traveled and they're like tired and like, who knows what was happening in their life, but everything was always kind of tumultuous. So I don't know what the reason for them being late was or missing it, but I'm sure they felt horrible about it. Hmm. They're just running late. They like, maybe they hadn't eaten. They just drove like 12 hours to this thing. They had to go to the hotel. Like who knows what was happening, but just the idea of thinking about, well, what maybe my parents were going through instead of thinking like they did this to me. Right. Like they meant to do that or something. Yeah. I knew that they never meant to, but I never really thought like having compassion for whatever chaos was happening in my parents' life. It was also probably really sad for them that they missed something because I know they do really care. And going even deeper, like I'm curious why, why they would always be late. Like where does that stem from within their relationship with their parents? Were their parents always late or maybe their parents were super strict on being on time and it made like, it put like extra pressure on them. Oh, that's so interesting because my dad always late. But his dad, like my grandpa, he would be in the car honking. And he's like, if you don't yeah. get in this car in yep. two minutes, I'm yep. going to dinner without you guys. Yep. Now my dad is like the opposite. That's how it flips. Where is dad? Yeah. We're late and he's watering the plants. It's <laughs> constantly watering the plants. And we're like waiting in the car for my dad. So it is, I think like that opposite where he's just like, stop, totally. stop micromanaging my time. I'll, I'll get there when I get there. Exactly. Like, and then it, even nowadays, like I think a couple weeks ago, I touched on my sister having a meltdown about my parents. And part of it was them always being late, like not really following through with their time commitments. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Angela, we like, I was late for my entire childhood. I was just late every day to like elementary school always late because Mm. my parents were late yeah and they never like really instilled that in me i got like obsessively early because i just felt like it was so embarrassing this whole like late energy yeah thinking back to whatever was happening with them just instantly gives a healing energy to what was happening like none of it's really on purpose they were going through their own thing and then 
yeah, maybe my dad's like obsessively late because he felt so restricted about having to be on time or having compassion for the people who raised and nurtured us really can wash away some of that charge. Yes. Thank you for sharing that, Ingrid. So on this day, Venus, the planet of relationships, in Leo, the sign of sovereignty, is also connecting with Neptune. So in doing that, that healing work in your roots can also help you embrace your personal sovereignty in your relationship through showing compassion for yourself, compassion for the one that you're in relationship with. And that's also kind of the challenge too, because if you are being arrogant, you're not showing compassion. So if you're being self-confident, that allows you to be compassionate to yourself and to the ones that you're in relationship with. Do you think there's any healing energy that would come from bringing up maybe some of these past experiences with the people who raised nurtured you on this day? Yeah. I mean, I think that if they're still around and still in your lives, absolutely. You know, ask those questions like, why, why are you guys always like, and there's no judgment here, mom and dad. I'm not, I'm not judging you for being late. I'm just making an observation that I noticed that throughout my whole life, you've always been late. And I, I just wondered if you've ever thought about that and why that is and see what they say. Is that, would that be interesting? I'm yeah. interested to know. Especially for my dad to ask him. He doesn't really like to go very deep. Uh-huh. Like that's definitely not his MO. We don't have conversations like that. My mom, not as much either, but she's very easy about it. If I ask questions, she's very honest. And my dad, it brings up so much discomfort to analyze anything from the past. He always kind of changes the subject, but I am genuinely curious now. Like everyone in my family knows it, that he's just always late. We went to like a funeral a couple of weeks ago. And everyone's like, where's your dad? Where's your dad? I'm like, I don't know. He's always late. Like mm-hmm. he's just always late. It's fine. Yeah. It just doesn't really bother me. Whereas before I would just be like obsessing, like, where's my dad? What are they doing? Everyone's wondering where they are. And now I just, I don't have that attachment to it, but I would be curious to see if he would be interested in going back and seeing why he is always late and how it affects him now. Well, even if he doesn't respond and give you like a thoughtful answer, Mm -hmm. you're planting the seed, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe (laughs) in six months he might come with you with something, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's very intelligent. So maybe he, even if he doesn't answer me, I bet he... He'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. This is a nice little test for me because this is definitely out of my comfort zone of things that I would talk about with him. <laughs> I love it. So on this day, there's a there's a fourth planet happening here. It's not connecting to the other three, but Chiron. The wound. The wound. The wounded healer. Yeah. In Aries. Oh my gosh. Okay. Self-confidence. So we're talking about self-confidence, the wound to your self-confidence and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound begins its retrograde transit. Oh my gosh. So this is like the perfect day to bring this up with my dad, mm-hmm. address something from the past so I can heal from this wound that I got to my self-confidence that is rooted in my childhood. Yes. The wound to your self-confidence is like, they're never on time. It's so embarrassing. Yes. Yes. So Chiron's going to be retrograde until December 19th. So I got some time to have this conversation. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we will have to resolve this issue by the by end of- Christmas. <laughs> hopefully you will, uh, by December 25th or by, by 2022, hopefully. 2022. You know, 
Well, you know, it, oh, it goes it's retrograde, retrograde and it moves forward on December 19th. So that's only, you know, that's what, 13 days before New Year's Day. So, yeah, it gives you some time to uh, to dig into that. I love this. Yes, yes. Okay, so Friday, July 16th, we're looking at the moon, which is now moved on. To Libra. Relationships and balance. Yes, exactly. So the emotions are centered in your close personal relationships, and the moon is directly opposite Chiron. So your emotions and the wound are having some discomfort? It's highlighting the wound to your self-confidence in your close personal relationships and how that affects you emotionally. So... How can you heal the wound to your self-confidence in your close personal relationships so that you can improve your emotional health in this area? I love that term, emotional health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once we start to heal our emotions, it's just like life-changing. It affects all of our relationships. That's the root. (laughs) So, you know, the emotions are the root. So if you don't like the fruit that you're growing (laughs) on your tree... You need to heal those roots. And that's the emotions, emotional healing. And then that manifests itself in like that Libra energy. You're going to see the benefits of it in your close personal relationships. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's the work. Saturday, July 17th, we're looking at the sun and Venus. They're, they're both kind of moving at the same degree, except they're one sign away. The sun, again, is in Cancer. Venus, again, is in Leo, but now instead of connecting to Neptune as they were on Thursday, now they've moved on and they're connecting to Pluto, the planet of transformation Transformation in the sign of Capricorn, which represents the authority, what you want to accomplish and achieve in this life. So it was like you did the healing work on Thursday. And that has primed you for the transformation to your identity and how you relate to other people. It's like you're, you're healing. This is, this is how the planets work. It's like one step leads to the next step, to the next step, and so on and so forth. It's like you have to heal first in order to transform into who you want to be. So you're transforming your identity now that you've worked on the healing of your roots you're transforming your identity, you're transforming how you are in in your relationships so that you can have greater authority, which comes from taking responsibility for your part in the relationship. So how can you take responsibility? How can you establish your sovereignty in your close personal relationships by healing your roots by taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, yeah, taking responsibility for the work you have to do on yourself, taking responsibility for your healing. That just changes everything. It's like, if you don't like the way things are in your relationship... That's on you. Mm -hmm. It's like, we forget that all of these external circumstances can affect the way that we feel. But like you said, if we don't like how we're feeling, it's, it's, it's up to us to go back and heal these wounds. And then we will start to respond differently. We will start to feel differently about the things that are happening around us, the relationships that are happening around us. It's like the only thing we can really change is ourselves. Yes. So once we shift that, everything around us is going to shift as well. Yes. Like we're all connected. 
And that may mean that the person you're with shifts out of your life or they will change to reflect you. Yeah. The new you. Pluto is transformation, but it's also the God of death. Yes. And the underworld. Yes. So, I mean, death can be, yeah, death of a relationship or it can be just a transformation, death of the old way of doing things. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. And that can feel really scary. The change can be very frightening and like charged. Yes. But if you don't let something fall away that's not serving you, you won't make room for anything new. If we focus on the future and the opportunities that we want to call in, we get less attached to the old way of doing things. We want something new, then we have to let something old go. That's it. That's it. Well said. Sunday, July 18th. Mars, the god of war, in Leo, the sign of sovereignty, is now in alignment with Pluto, the god of death, in Capricorn, the sign of authority. So this is amping up what we felt yesterday with Venus. Now you have to back it up through the way that you are acting. If you are not acting in a new way, then this could be a challenging day because this is a day that is requiring you to take a new form of action in order to claim your authority. So maybe on Saturday, you feel what needs to change. You recognize what needs to change. But on Sunday, you need to make those thoughts a reality, act in a new way. Venus is the planet of the senses. So on Saturday, you sense the change that needs to happen. Mars is the planet of action. So on Sunday, you act based on what you sensed on Saturday to make that change. Is this going to be a gift or a challenge? It's it's an inconjunction, which is what Ingrid would say is uncomfy. <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. awkward. A little bit difficult for yes. sure. Like it's it's uncomfortable to act in a new way. Once we have that thought, we're like, oh, we need to change. Things are going to be different. It's much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. So it's like once you start actually taking action and really shifting that energy, that's when it becomes uncomfortable. It's a test. I'm sure whatever's happening next week, every time we have these like tests where we have to act in a new way, you're going to be rewarded. So just reminding yourself of that future again. It's like if you want something to change and you want something new to be called in, you have to let go of the old way of doing things and start acting in that new way. Yes. I love it. Okay. There's more happening on the Sunday. There's another in conjunction, another uncomfy. It's, uh, it's Mercury, the planet that rules the conscious mind, in Cancer, the sign that represents your roots, your emotions, is forming an in conjunction with Saturn, the planet of authority, in Aquarius, the sign of the community. So maybe now that you're acting in this new way, you're getting some pushback from the people in your community, the people who have authority over you. It's going to be strange for them to see you in, act in this new way, and they might not enjoy having to adapt to this new version of yourself. Mm, yes. And there could be an emotional reaction in the way that you communicate, because the planet of communications is in the sign of emotions, and that can make it difficult to express your authority, because, you know, if the authority is throwing a temper tantrum... That that's, you know, people probably look at that person like, okay, that, that person needs to, you know, their panties in a, in a bunch. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, how can you hold it together? And if you're having trouble holding it together, look into your roots. What about the authority is 
bringing you back to the first authority in your life, the ones who raised and nurtured you. So is the authority in the community reminiscent of those people that raised you? And if so, how can you soothe and nurture yourself with caring and kindness when you were that little person by going back in time to that little person so that now in this new moment, you can act with greater sovereignty? Yeah, it really does come back to that sovereignty. If you're feeling sovereign in your expression and confident and grounded, even if someone has a negative emotional reaction to this new way that you're acting, if you can stay grounded in yourself and just kind of repeat and just kind of stay strong in Mm -hmm. this new way you're acting, people will adjust. But if you back down, you don't feel confident in your expression. If you get really agitated and kind of act out and you're just like, this is my new way, like, (laughs) listen to me, like, that's the arrogance coming out Mm. and like the defensiveness. So collecting your energy back to yourself and knowing that it might be uncomfortable for some people to experience you in a new way. But if you can just stay in that sovereignty, people will adjust. They will get used to the new version of you. And even though maybe today it's uncomfortable for them, the more you allow yourself to stay grounded, the easier I think for others to adapt. They're like, oh, okay, they're going to keep acting this way. They're not throwing a fit about it because I didn't like it. They're just, they're different now. Yeah. And I have to adjust. Yes. Good. Excellent. Thank you, Ingrid. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. I'll see you next week. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Weekly Transit. Follow us on Instagram for daily updates about the planetary alignments and how to work with the energy. If this podcast is helping you navigate life more gracefully, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and share with your friends. If you're ready to go deeper, book a personal reading with Scott or sign up for his new moon full moon class at theweeklytransit.com. Transit, 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 transit.